What's up, everybody? You're listening to Back to the Feature. This is the podcast where we talk about films and entertainment. My name is Joseph. And I'm Edward. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about Tenet. Edward went and saw it uh, like a madman in a theater. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> yeah, we'll get to that later, dude. Because uh, like I said, I, after watching it, and I've been waiting for people to go see it, so I have someone to talk to. But it just came out today. So anyways, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm getting more uh hatred towards it i liked it in the beginning i'm not gonna lie i liked it but then thinking more about it i was like wait a minute wait a minute but we'll talk about that later gotcha uh yeah we'll talk about tenet and then um a couple other things you watched that uh david arquette documentary about uh him (laughs) wrestling yeah that was that was pretty good i liked that all right i heard it was good um but yeah so take it away my friend uh okay so, wait, I don't want to talk about that just yet. I thought we were going to talk about something else. I don't know what, but... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, no, okay, no, because I was thinking before we started, I was like, what can we talk about today? But, all right, uh, I saw that your brother posted about David Blaine, right? I don't know if you saw the video or not. Mm-mm. So, he had, like, this He had like this stunt where, basically, he's holding on to, like, balloons because he wanted to give off this image of a person floating away, you know, into the sky and disappearing by balloons but anyways it was like three hours long your brother fucking posted it and i was like i'll check it out and then i saw the link at the bottom i was like i ain't gonna watch all that shit i just want to see the the end result Mm -hmm. so so basically yeah he just got all these huge balloons and he floated up into the sky which i mean i guess it is kind of impressive but honestly i was just like yeah i was all right but (laughs) yes okay so okay so let me let me so if you haven't seen it, I'll just say he, he gets these balloons. He goes up into the sky. He pulls out his uh, parachute from the balloons because he wanted to give off the illusion that it was just a, a person holding on to balloons. He didn't want all the, I guess, bulkiness of the parachute, mm. right? And his, so anyways, he's, he gets up to a certain length. He pulls down this string, and his parachute comes down. He puts it on himself. The, oh, I, I should say the whole time he's holding on by, like, one hand, I guess it's like there's like a thing on his wrist that's like strapped into all these balloons. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to reach like twenty five thousand feet, and uh, anyways, and then he like lets go pretty much, and he just falls and skydives back to earth. But sounds boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, see, I don't know, man. It's like you think of David Blaine, and me personally, I know he's done those like crazy stunts, like uh, buried himself and like stuck himself in a glacier of ice but yeah dude i'm just like do you not do you just focus on trying to do these types of things or like are you not interested in magic anymore or because i don't consider what he did magic you know not mm. not necessarily it's more like a a, a a stunt to me that he did so yeah um so i saw a video on his youtube channel and he he moved away from doing that street magic stuff a long time ago dude actually um, he, he, that's what kind of what put him on the spot, but he quickly moved away from that. And, um, I think he said what he does now is more like called perf- what he would call performance art. And in a way it is magic because he's in a, in a way, I would say this is real magic because he's actually pushing the boundaries of the human body past physical limitations of what people and doctors and scientists can say oh, a human can't breathe this. You can't go this long without oxygen underwater. Well, he went and broke mm-hmm. like every record. Um, I watched, you know, David Dobrik. He's been on David Dobrik. Dude, he fucking like 
eats animals or frogs and then regurgitates them. Mm-hmm. That's insane, dude. Like he literally, ha- he, I mean, he mastered his, his I don't crap. know, his throat or whatever. I don't know his re- regurgitory system. Like how many people can swallow something whole and then like force it to come back up? Like that's crazy to me, but yeah. So I would say, I would say in a way, I feel like that is more magical than actually, you know, doing some kind of trick. <laughs> pulling up pulling a rabbit out of your hat yeah yeah i don't know but yeah i mean he but he got sponsored by youtube i think because it was on youtube but Mm. uh anyways i don't know like i said i just when i hear david blaine like i've seen some i've seen like uh, most of his specials but i don't know i guess i just like more of that street magic stuff more than like these endurance type of performances that he does that's just me personally. I grew up like watching uh, like David Copperfield and shit. Mm. And then like, I think when Chris Angel came out, like it was kind of cool for a second, but when you go back and look at it, it's kind of corny. <laughs> but uh, I just remember yeah, thinking but, he was swole as fuck. Oh yeah. But he had that, he just had that fucking like that goth look. And he, he had like a, I don't know. He had that look to him where it was kind of like, Oh, this is new. And this is different. This isn't like, you know, Siegfried and Roy looking shit. Make himself levitate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. He did do that. No. Oh, he probably did. But I remember I saw David Blaine do that. I don't know if he did it first, but. No, nah, like Chris David Angel did. Chris Angel did this thing where like he fucking like levitated from like into the onto the stage from his audience or whatever. Oh, he took but, it to the extreme. You know, it had to have okay. been fate. You know, that shit had to have been fate. But as, uh, no, as a teenager watching that, you're like, oh, my God, he really did it. Mm-hmm. It was funny too, like Chris Angel. I remember his like intro video. Like he he like comes out of the ground, and my mom was watching it, and she was like, "Oh mm-hmm. my god, this is evil!" <laughs> <laughs> Turn it off right now. Yeah, and I just remember thinking <laughs> that shit was so funny that she thought Chris Angel was evil. Hell yeah, with a name like Chris Angel. Um, but anyways, yeah. So that's just I think that was like the one thing I saw this week on the on the internet. I was just like. I had no idea it was even going on, but anyways. So uh, another thing was like last week when we were talking, um, when we were talking at the end of the podcast, dude, we I, I brought up that uh, Chadwick Boseman had died. I didn't realize, I mean, like, okay, I, I, I get it. He made an impact on stuff, but man, like through media and stuff, it's like all kinds of people were posting shit and like paying their respects and whatnot. And I guess he was way bigger than I figured he was. Yeah, um, I'm not too familiar with him or his work. I just knew him as a Black Panther, but I think it was more so that he just, you know, rep what he represented, this, like, strong Black American actor who, you know, rep- got to play uh, the superhero. And, you know, he was like a role model for little kids because I know a lot of people, uh, when Black Panther came out, one of the things that they liked about it was that you know, um, you know, kids can go into theaters and, and see, uh, see themselves on the screen, see themselves being represented. Uh, kind of like when I watched Desperado and I saw Antonio Banderas kicking everyone's ass and I was like, Oh, okay. This fucking, (laughs) this, this Brown Latino dude who, you know, is, is the fucking hero. I've never really seen this before. He's not playing some fucking cholo on, in one of Michael Bay's movies. He's actually the leading guy and he's fucking kicking ass. So, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that's 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 why he's getting some I mean not and also I'm pretty sure you know a lot of people are fans of his work 
But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't too, I was honestly really, it wasn't too familiar with any of his movies. I hadn't seen any of the previous work he had done. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to, I was going to say, that's right. We, who, who do uh, Latino people have to look up to? Because I mean, most of the time, like you said, they're usually like, they're usually cartel or cholos or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But maybe one day I'm probably, uh, there probably is one out there that I have no idea about. So let's get to my segment where uh, I want to talk about, we'll bring, I'll bring up Tenet now just so that we can, because uh, you said you're not going to go see it pretty much, right? Yeah, you're I have crazy. No, yeah, I just have no interest in, in um, watching it. I don't know why. Just don't, just not interested. doesn't look like something I'd want to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think a huge reason why I may have been so disappointed is because the weight and the buildup of this movie, you know, it had this, uh, first of all, it's going to be directed by Christopher Nolan. It had this huge extreme budget of $200 million. Uh, and it was supposed to come out in the summertime and it just kept getting pushed back due to COVID got uh, pushed back. Finally, it was going to be in theaters only, which apparently there's already a pirated version online, which I should probably should have waited for. Hmm. Um, no, but, uh, yeah. So, I don't know if I don't know if I want to give any spoilers away or anything, but basically, who gives a fuck? Uh, um, all right. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna go watch it, you can fast forward this part. If not, if you don't care, then you know you can chime in. And if you if you don't agree with what I say, then fucking hit me up on the uh, hit us up on Facebook. I'll respond. I don't care. Um, <clears throat> so the whole point of the movie is that there is like this. Uh, I don't want to say a terrorist group, and I might be wrong because like. I was confused, you know, a lot of times in this movie because uh, on Reddit, they, pe- people were saying that it had bad sound mixing and which I kind of agree with because there's times where like, it just sounds like there's a conversation going on, but it's just like mumbling. Uh, it's like, you know, people are talking, but they're not talking loud, you know? So it's like, okay, I feel like I'm missing something important and I have no idea what you're saying, you know? So I would like to rewatch this movie with subtitles because I'm sure I, I missed a lot of shit. And so anyways, I'm sorry, there's a terrorist group and they figured out a way in the future how to basically go backwards. They're not jumping in time, but they're like living, they're like living, uh, so they go to sleep and wake up and it's yesterday, right? I don't know if that's making sense to you. You know, you go to sleep, you wake up, it's tomorrow. They're, they're living their life going backwards. And so they're, they're trying to go back into time and do like, uh, these like terrorist things pretty much. And, um, so <clears throat> that's when uh that's when the main guy i don't remember his name uh anyways he he gets recruited onto this team and basically they tell him all about it and he's trying to like save this like <laughs> he's trying to save this woman whose husband is in is responsible for everything and i guess he's supposed to bring like world war three because he's depressed and he hates the world and when he dies the entire world is supposed to die and um does it what does it ever explain why it pro like i'm saying it probably does but i feel like i missed some stuff because i i don't know and then i just felt like there was plenty of plot holes like they go they go back in time but it's like this one certain important uh you're, you're i was like you're trying to tell me this one certain important uh, event that happened happening on the exact same day as this other event and anyways so if he's moving back in time if they're if they're living life in reverse does he see himself does he get to see himself 
you're yeah but you're not so you're not supposed to because it's just one of those things where like if, if you see each other some kind of paradox shit happens and um so it's but kind yeah of, so it is kind of like time travel except they're just moving back through time instead of moving forward through time yeah it, so are like, they literally just like in reverse the whole movie because i know a lot of scenes like the gun the bullets are shooting so yeah, they, are so, they just like moving back or they're just like walking backwards the whole time or what no they're moving so like if it, it's called being inverted that's that's what it's called it's not really backwards it's, it's called going inverted and there's a machine when you go through it 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 inverts you pretty much and uh, I don't know. I don't know if you remember the trailer well, but you see him wearing like a, uh, a oxygen mask. So anyone who's inverted, they have to wear these oxygen masks because they say that um, inverted lung inverted lungs don't breathe the same. So they always have to wear this like oxygen mask thing. But um, yeah. So while they are going forward, everyone else. I'm sorry. God damn. See, it's kind of hard to explain. So yeah, everyone is going forward while they're going backwards, but they're like moving like regular. And I'll, I'll be honest, dude, that's probably part of why I don't like really care to watch this because I just think that's so fucking stupid. Like, like I don't like it. Just sounds yeah. dumb. It just sounds really stupid to me, to be honest with you. I think I think the the whole thing that got me to go see it is because I was like, well, what is going on, right? There, mm-hmm. like that's what what, they, what got me. I was like what's the deal it's time travel or what but um yeah so anyways and then there's parts of the movie that for it being a huge budget movie i feel like they i'm trying to think of how to explain it. basically you already know what's going to happen like it's so predictable uh way early in the movie of what's going to happen i think that's one thing that I, when i started thinking about it I, it made me upset because um there's a part where uh, this this cop who's like in full, or full SWAT gear, he's fighting with the main character and Robert Pattinson. And anyways, there's a part where he gets thrown to the other side of the wall where you can't see him, but Robert Pattinson like pulls off like his helmet and he lets him go away. And Robert Pattinson's like, he doesn't know what to say. So you're like, oh, that's that's supposed to be someone, you know, that he saw. That and then at the end you realize like, oh, it was the main guy. And he was going back and he was keeping himself covered. So his old self doesn't see his new self type of thing. Mm. I don't know, man. It's just like, but yeah, you, you kind of figure out what's going to happen way before the end. And it's like a two and a half hour movie too. Mm. But, um, but yeah, when, when honestly, when I first, when I first walked out of the theater, I was, I was like, oh, it wasn't bad. It was pretty good. And I was talking with Valerie and we were discussing it. And then I went on Reddit because I was like, I wonder if anyone else has seen it. And uh, because it got released internationally uh, a week before it came to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I started reading people's griefs with it. And I was like, hmm, I was like, yeah, that's, that is true. You know, the, it did have horrible sounding uh, dialogue here and there. And then people were you know, talking about the plot holes. And I was like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing, too. And yeah, it just the list just kept going on. And I was like, oh, you know what? I find the grievances with these uh, with these other people have, too. So. So Tenet. If you have the chance, if you have the chance to see it, uh, I would say wait till it's not as expensive as to watch in the movie theater, to be honest. That's why I'm waiting for, uh, you know, one to come on demand or something. I want to rewatch it, but with with subtitles, because I feel like I missed a lot. So how was your movie theater experience? Was there a lot of people in the theater? 
Yeah, yes and no. So it, were people wearing their masks while they were watching the movie or Okay, so I, I, I usually go to the draft house. This time I went to uh Evo because they were having the advanced screening. Is Draft House and, back open or no? Yeah, they are, but only in Slaughter. Oh, okay. Um as, as far as I know. So we get to Evo and you know, I'm wearing my mask, my wife's wearing her mask. Everyone seems to be wearing a mask. We go and sit down. And the guys who are sitting, you know, like next to us, they don't have masks on. And the and the waiter doesn't tell them anything. So I'm thinking, dude, I, I figured they had like a policy where like if you're not eating, you have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm sure there's people who complain like, oh, I can't breathe with my mask on. I'm not going to sit through a movie with it on. Um, but it was everywhere that you could sit, people were sitting besides, you know, they had little sections where it was like one or two seats. And then there would be a couple, one or two seats. Um, but there was probably about like 25 people in the theater, something like that, out of maybe 50 seats that they had. Mm. But um, yeah, but there was some, like I said, there were some people with masks. There were some people without them. Uh, but I wore mine the whole time. It, it got uncomfortable sometimes, but it's just because I wear glasses. So my mm. glasses would fog up every once in a while. But um, I enjoyed it. I, like I said, I'm glad I went to go see it in the big screen. But at the same time, if I had seen it at home, I probably could have seen it with subtitles and it, it would have made more sense to me. Like I said, I just, I just felt like there was a part where they were talking and I had no idea what they were saying. So what does uh, Mr. Real Picky himself give, uh, give uh, a tenant a score? What's the score for tenant? Okay, so if my highest score is a five, I'm going to give tenant a three. Just because it, it was the only movie to come out really that I really wanted to see this year, but I think I think I hyped it up way too much. So, if you like Christopher Nolan, go see it. If you know, if you want to just go see a blockbuster movie, go see something else. You there's know? a lot of like, which no, else? there's a lot of Nolan well, fanboys out there. Well, I was gonna tell you because you you told me that there was no visual effects, and I was like. <laughs> there's no way there's like there's no way no a lot of it was done practical in camera i watched i watched a little featurette on youtube it was like the making of it and um yeah like christopher nolan's like known for that like he doesn't like using like uh cgi stuff so he tries to use as as little cgi as possible um mm-hmm. like when they i know when they drew they like fly a plane into like a hangar and blow it up or something like that's a real plane and stuff like that yeah, see, that's and that's what I figured. That's why I assumed he had this huge budget to pull off those big, uh, you know, those big scenes like that. But I don't know. And then there's a so there's a part like that's in the trailer that's I would say probably one of the most more uh, memorable parts. It's like where you see like this building, it's blowing up in reverse, mm-hmm. and then it blows up again. So it's kind of stupid because the reason that happens is that. God damn! Now, now here I go. I'm gonna confuse myself again. There's, there's a group of guys fighting. One, one group is fighting in normal time. The other group is fighting inverted. So they try to blow up that, uh, that building, and they try to time it at the same time. So they're like, okay, you know, when it's three minutes on your watch, you need to blow up, and we're gonna blow it up too. And somehow they miss it, so that's why it goes fucking in backwards, and then it blows up again because they weren't they weren't on time with each mm. other. I don't know, but I thought it was I thought it was gonna mean more. I have no idea. Whatever. 
<laughs> it was just basically like it was basically like a mistake that happened and that's why it looked like that and then they just like brushed over it yeah and that's not oh god damn dude you're gonna make me gripe about this movie the whole time they're they're you don't know who they're fighting with it's like who the fuck are you fighting it Edward, was one, i don't make one, you do anything you don't want to do <laughs> i hear you i'm just saying it's like there's one bad guy and then there's like a whole fucking army of guys fighting and like they never explain who they're fighting but anyways okay rant over on that movie <laughs> well if you were trying to convince me to go see it you did a very <laughs> bad job well i said don't go see it unless you you're like i said don't go see it i'll say that unless unless you really want to i'll take your advice all right so let's uh let's go ahead and move on to the david arquette documentary okay. is that correct yeah, it's called you. It's called a David Arquette documentary. It's called uh, "You Can't Kill David Arquette," and it's basically about him. Uh, Twenty years ago or so, whatever, he won the WCW World Heavyweight Title, which is like a prestigious title in wrestling, right? And so, it pretty much when he won, it pretty much made it a fucking joke, and a lot of uh, like diehard wrestling fans feel like he ruined the business when he did that. And according to the movie, but not according to you, uh, that's when his movie career uh, tanked. Uh, and anyways, he's just been trying ever since to like, I guess, gain the respect of the wrestling, the wrestling crowd. And uh, he's over there like wrestling in indie shows, which is if anyone's ever been to an indie show, it's basically guys who are trying to make it to the big leagues. But, you know, they're 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 getting paid fractions of what the guys in WWE are getting paid. Right. So mm -hmm. they're putting their bodies on the line. They're, they're doing crazy stunts, but probably bringing home like 50 bucks a night, you know, or whatever. And that doesn't include their gas and food and all that shit. And David Arquette, who's a, I'm assuming he's still a millionaire, maybe, I don't know, but he has a nice house, wife, kids, and you know, he's not hurting. I don't think anyways, he's out there doing the same thing for chump change too. He's, he's like, doing these death matches where they hit him in the head with chairs and break these, uh, these like these light bulbs on his head and whatnot. And anyways, uh, at Hold the on, end, head on, real know, quick, I just Googled David Arquette's net worth. It's, it's saying here, I don't know this may, this might be wrong, but it's saying David Arquette's net worth is $25 million. Yeah. Oh, but you know why? I, he probably, he's probably getting money from Courtney, uh, Courtney Cox. Now that I think about it, I'm sure he got some money when they split up because she's getting that friend's money. I mean, he's got $25 million in the bank, though. Okay, well, so that, so that, so that's what I'm saying. He doesn't have to be doing it, but he's out there, like, putting himself on the line. And Real quick, anyways, I just, just want to say, so he wants to win the respect of the, the wrestling community. So he's, he, I, get, I get what, what he's doing, right? He's, he's like, you know what? I want to I be a wrestler. I want to get the respect. I'm going to pay my dues. So he's paying his dues, mm -hmm. but he's having a fucking documentary made about him. Mm -hmm. What other wrestlers on the circuit, on the underground circuit are having a documentary made about them. So don't you think having this documentary made talking about his journey is kind of like counterintuitive to him trying to earn the respect of the wrestling fans. Cause then I, if I was the guy he's wrestling I'd be like, I've been doing this for 30 years. 
who the fuck's mm-hmm. making a documentary about me? This fucking guy's getting a documentary because he's a washed up actor who decided he wanted to fucking put himself through this bullshit. So and no, so, do, do you do you see where I'm coming from? No, I, I get what you're saying. You you feel like had he not had that documentary, it wouldn't have made it as much a difference. Yeah, yeah. Not only that, it's just like he's only having the only reason that documentary is even being made is because he used to be famous. So it's like you're still you're still using your your old platform to mm-hmm. benefit from your from you being a wrestler just in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz he's cuz like why aren't they making documentaries about any of the other guys that are doing that? Because nobody knows who they are. Yeah, yeah. No, I get what you're saying. It, I guess it's kind of like if Metallica was like they hit hard times and they're fucking playing at some small ass, you know, bar and they have a documentary team going along with them, like, you know, this is our, uh, you know, this is our chance to get famous again type of thing. Yeah, I guess. I can kind of see that. But I wouldn't compare, I guess I shouldn't compare him to Metallica. He's more like, uh, he'd have to be like some one-hit wonder band. He had a string of uh, decent movies. Oh, he's more like Chumbawamba. You know, oh, that I get knocked down. Oh, I think it's funny because when you're talking to me about this and you're like, oh, his acting, they, in the documentary, they try to blame like his acting career going under because of him winning that yeah. belt. And I'm like, mm, I'm pretty sure it's because he barely had a career to begin with. Yeah. Well, in the documentary, it said that uh, it's it said that when he did that, people looked at him as a joke. So no directors or casting agents took him serious anymore. Did but, um was he divorced from Courtney Cox already at the time? No, I don't think so. She, because the way she explains it is that they met on Scream One, got married, got married on Scream Two. Uh, anyways, and then by Scream Four they were divorced. She said. So whenever the hell that came out, I don't know. But so I'm not sure how long they've been divorced because they got kids, but they're little kids, so. I'm not too sure. They've probably been divorced for over five years, if I had to guess. Mm. But, yeah. Um, but I liked it. But, like I said, I think I told you, it was kind of like one of those movies where it just makes you feel like, uh, you know, it's still possible to do what you love, what you what you want to love to do. It's kind of like, let's say you never made a movie till you were like 50, right? But you finally get to do it, you know? Something like that. I don't know. It just kind of gave uh, gave me a little brief of hope. Like, you know what? Even though at your age, you might still, I still might get to do something that I eventually love to do, hopefully before I die. Yeah. That's cool. Good. As long as it gives inspiration. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Inspiration. Um, for, as, for, as for me... I haven't really, I didn't really watch anything. Actually, I'm lying. Uh, well, mm-hmm. no, actually, I haven't really watched anything this week. I've been watching a lot of YouTube. I watched um, these, uh, I found these like series of little videos uh, called uh, Robert Rodriguez uh, 10 Minute Film School. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're pretty entertaining, man. Like, he basically, it's basically like DVD commentary. Like, mm-hmm. he talks about El Mariachi, his first um, feature film. And he talks about how he made it because he made it for like $7,000 before there were digital cameras. So, you know, he didn't have a digital camera. He went and shot it on actual film and he like, it's pretty, dude, it's it's actually really inspiring. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll upload that video to our, I may have uploaded it before I upload it to the Facebook, but it's really inspiring because 
like I said, he had seven thousand dollars. That's all he had to work with, and he borrowed mm-hmm. a film camera. Um, the film rolls I think he got were like in like ends of actual film rolls that he just spliced together to like get the film as cheaply as possible. And he was saying how like he didn't have a lot of, you know, that's where all the money was going to was the film rolls and, and, uh, and other, a couple other things, but he was, uh, he had to edit in camera because he didn't have the time to just let the camera roll and like do the whole scene in one wide shot. And then, punch in and do it in a medium and a close-up so he was like i was editing the film as i was shooting it so what i mean by that is let's you know let's picture this a character is like jumping over a fence and then he's running up some stairs right well he would get the Mm -hmm. character jumping up the fence running to the stairs and he would tell him to stop and then he would like you know zoom in so it looks like it's a different you know angle or a different it's a different perspective and then he'd be like, okay, go. And then he'd have the guy run up the stairs and then he'd throw a suitcase over and then he'd be like, okay, stop. He'd stop the camera. And then he would like either move the camera closer or punch in with the, with the lens and be like, you know, get the guitar case back. And then he's like, okay, throw it over again. And then he would throw it over and then he would stop. And then he'd move the camera to like another angle. So like, like, so that's what he means by he's editing in camera. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just watching that. He talks about some other things like, just like really smart stuff how like he refused to spend money on um anything so like in the movie there's there's two suitcases and one of them doesn't even have like a, a top like it's just a, a piece of card it's not cardboard it's actually wooden because it, it was thicker than the other uh guitar case um but he refused to like buy spray paint to paint it black so what he would do is he would shoot them with the with the guitar case that had the black top and he would like shoot them opening it and then he would cut to a different angle and or he would show them opening it from one side and then cut to the different angle of it inside where you can't see the back of the, the case that he wants to use. And then he'd have them open it again and he would just cut those two scenes together. So it's two different cases, but your mind just sees it as one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know, man. It was just like really, really cool. Um, and like I said before, inspiring to watch and then i i got interested in watching this other this whole other series of of those videos he does he did one on like sin city um how like you know because at the time sin city was like really innovative like i think that was the first movie that was made um on a based off of a graphic novel that actually looked like the graphic novel yeah i got you um he's just really smart like he's really smart with the camera and perspective and how to use green screen and like instead of like moving the camera you know in a 360 direction like you just move the actors in a 360 direction and it looks like the when you're when you put it in green screen and you put a background that's moving with with the actor like it makes it look like the camera's moving but it's really not um Mm -hmm. like the really the camera's just going like up and down but the I don't know. He 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 sh- he shows all these different tricks that he used, and again, like it goes back to his um his independent roots, where he was like, you know, had to save money. He couldn't spend a lot of money when he was making this movie, and even when he's got like a twenty million dollar budget, he's like, oh, what kind of what kind of corners can I cut so I can get more more value out of my dollar? Um, yeah. Even working with the studio system, so that's pretty cool to know that he took he took some of those um, lessons and then carried them on. And then, um, and then that got me uh, interested in watching more stuff like that. So I, I watched um, a, a commentary of uh, Richard Linklater's Slacker. You remember Slacker, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We watched it. We mm-hmm. watched it. 
So I watched a commentary about Slacker and indeed that was like, that was like awesome to watch because uh, Richard Linklater is just talking about the movie and he's talking about like, you know how the film is uh, just broken up into these little characters. Like it just goes from character like to little character. Stories. Yeah. Once you mm-hmm. see their little story it just jumps from person to person. And he talks about how he was just like driving one day and he just got that idea and he's just like, well, you know, you know, movies aren't told. This isn't how a movie's supposed to look. Why doesn't somebody just try that out? Like, just make a movie like that. So he was yeah. like, I'll just do that. And uh, he had all these little stories and it was cool. Like, he would like give a behind the scenes of like every little story, like where he came up with it or whether it was like based on something in his life or based on something that somebody had told him or happened to somebody else or a story that he heard. Um, Mm -hmm. It was, it was really interesting. It was really cool. Uh, And then he also talks about the technical aspects and about how he like wanted to do like really long, really long shots and make the camera move with the characters. And he didn't want to do a lot of cuts because he felt like, you know, that he, he felt like that looked like a TV movie. He's like, yeah, I can just keep moving the camera and do a bunch of like cuts, reverse shot, reverse shots. And, um, he didn't want to do anything like that. And then he also experimented with like digital in that movie. So it was shot on film, but there's a scene where the characters like go into a, like a, a nightclub and they have like a digital camera with them. Oh, okay. That's like towards the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it switches to camera. And I think that was like actually the, what, I forgot what he said that kind of camera was. It was like this cheap, cheap toy camera almost that like recorded in like these weird little pixels and he just bought it and gave it to somebody and they went and filmed the scene. Um, and then I think that he said that was like the first movie to ever like use that kind of camera in, in a, in a film or feature film or something like that. Oh, okay. It, it was cool, man. It was really interesting. Um, really interesting commentary just to hear him talk about the film and give insight to the different stories and how, how the production was done. And it was funny because at one point, and I know you're going to, you, you kind of know where I'm coming from, but he talks about how um, he didn't pay anyone on this, pay anyone really on this movie. A lot of it was just like friends. Uh, all of the actors are musicians because he was big in the mm-hmm. art scene. So he was just friends with a bunch of musicians. And, um, but he, he said he wanted it like that. He was, he was almost like, he said this movie to him was like anti-establishment, anti-Hollywood. So he want, he didn't want to use real actors. He wanted all the, he wanted his friends. He wanted to be like, I can make a movie without real actors and, and the acting still be good. That's how good of a director I am, which I think he accomplished, but mm-hmm. um, to an extent. But he uh, he talks about how like, he's like, I remember when we were filming, I couldn't wait to, I couldn't wait for my next movie uh, thinking to myself, I hope I, I, hope I have uh, money to make my next film so I can actually mm-hmm. hire people and then fire them. Because he said like, he's like, you can only push your friends so far, you know, to show yeah. up in the morning and I was just like oh this this feels very familiar I know what you're talking about Rick but he was talking about how like you know they're just friends they're just his friends um working for free and so it's kind of hard to like convince people to like show up on time or you know work yeah. a 12-hour day to go film whenever it's just like you're doing it mm-hmm. for free and out of the you know just because yeah. you're, you're interested in making movies so it's like the difference between voluntary and mandatory yeah and so he was just like yeah i couldn't wait to like actually be paying these people so I, they can like i can be like hey you need to fucking show up uh it, it was cool man it was really interesting and so that's what I, that's really what i've been watching this week <clears throat> i was gonna say i'm surprised no no platform has done that yet like hulu or netflix or amazon prime as far as like 
you know, like, okay, here's, uh, here's Terminator 2, and you can play this, but, you know, okay, here's also Terminator 2 with Cameron, I mean, uh, God damn, I just, I was going to say Cameron Diaz, it's not his James name, Cameron, Cameron uh, James Cameron's, uh, you know, commentary. audio or commentary, you know, I'm surprised no one's done that, but I think it's because they probably still want people to try to buy the DVDs, which, mm-hmm. you know, the DVDs or, or Blu-rays, or whatever, they come with all that uh, extra footage, but I would love for you know, sometime in the future where all that stuff is just uh, comes along as an option when you stream a movie, you know, even, well, if, even if they're like, well, go ahead. I heard, um, it's funny because I was listening to somebody and they were talking about the audio commentary on DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff. And I think they're scaling back on that. They're not really doing that anymore because a lot of this shit is just going straight to digital. So like, yeah, they're mm-hmm. still having a Blu-ray, but they're just doing it as cheaply as possible. Like it might have like cutouts, oh, okay. it might have like deleted scenes, but I, I mean, I, yeah, from what, and I can't remember the, the, I was listening to a podcast or something, but they were talking about mm-hmm. that, how like, um, they, so they actually went and just shot their own, um, commentary for, for the, for the film. And I think it might've been yeah. Robert Rodriguez saying that or, or somebody else, but, mm-hmm. But yeah, I've always been interested. I'm always interested in the obviously because you know I'm 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 a filmmaker and I I want to know how you know these great directors work. But mm-hmm. I've always been interested in behind the scenes, um, even before I knew this is what I wanted to do. And so, even on YouTube, you know, I watch um, like even short making people making short films or behind the scenes of their YouTube videos and stuff like that. I'm just like really interested in that. I'm re- you know, I'm interested in their camera gear and how they set up and, you know, the process. And it's really cool to just see everyone's process because everyone has their own process. No, you know, nobody does it the same way. And, and it's, it's mm-hmm. interesting to see, you know, how, what works for somebody and what doesn't work for somebody else. Now, when you watch these, do you, I mean, obviously you're picking up stuff, but do you ever use it as kind of like a video tutorial? Like you'll, you'll save it like, Oh, I like this video. And then later on you're like, Oh, he shot it this way. And this is the same look I want to get, you know? And so, you know, I may not have the same camera, but if I shoot it like this and edit it like this, this is a result I should get. Um, sometimes I just like it. You know, I have a liked playlist. I think everyone on YouTube has a liked playlist um, that when you like a video, it just goes in, it goes to that. Uh, mm-hmm. so I just, I'll just like the video and then I know if I want to watch it again, I could always go find it there. But I think, I think that's something people are really interested in because I have a video and I think it's, I think it's climbing up there to be my, my highest viewed video on YouTube. But I have a video mm-hmm. where I did the behind the scenes of making, um, the, my short film new shoes. Dude, that mm-hmm. has, that has over 4,000 views. I think it's got like four, four and a half thousand views, um, mm-hmm. which for me is a lot. And then yeah. um, the actual short film has over a thousand views. So, and I made yeah, that almost so. a year ago. So, we should have made one when we were when we were starting. Well, you know, when I was starting off with you, we should have made it behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I, you know, looking back now, I, I, I mean, but dude, honestly, it would have been hard to do that because half the time we just it's just me and you with the camera. So it's like, who's going to be filming? You're going to be you're in front of the camera, so you can't be oh, recording yeah. anyways. You know that's true but now now um i haven't worked on anything in a while but when i do um make another short film i'm gonna have i'm gonna have try to have somebody there just even if they have an iphone and they're just filming everything uh i just want to do i just want to film a behind the scenes 
And then I can do like voiceover commentary or something like that, talking about the process and, you know, just what happened. Cause you know, we had some cool stories. Like I was talking to my brother whenever we filmed, um, uh, what's the short film called? The, the one with the, with the homeless guy. Um, I thought that was best friends, but it's not, I don't, I don't remember what that one's called. Um, how do I forget the name of my own movie? Cause it was so long ago. That was like, what, three or four years ago. Yeah, I'm going to look it up right now. But anyways, so I was talking to James about that one. And I was like, dude, Mm -hmm. that movie uh, was interesting because I don't know if you remember, we were trying to film at one location and there was like a light on like this warehouse that just kept it. It was one of those like big um, lights Mm -hmm. that just hummed. It was like buzzing. And the audio was it was picking up, being picked up even with the shotgun microphone. So we ended up having. I remember. Mm hmm. So, you know, if you remember, we had to switch locations and then you were like, oh, you know, let's go shoot where we shot this other video. And um, mm-hmm. it was more private and nobody was going to be around. So I was like, oh, yeah, let's go. Do, let's go shoot there. Uh, so, you know, I think that in, in that way, I think it worked out. I remember because uh, we were there was a guy coming out of his house and he was like watching while me and James were trying to say our lines. Oh, and, like, I, I, I didn't want to be rude, and but man, he just—he was just like staring at us. I guess he was trying to figure out what the hell were we doing there. Right. I think. Oh, it's called Finders Keepers. <laughs> Finders Keepers. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you you see people filming, and you get interested. Even I did. Like I was, I was um this week I was going to work, and I, I took a shortcut because there was traffic on thirty five. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna cut through the east side and just like basically mm-hmm. cut loop back around on the thirty five where it's cleared up. Yeah. And as I was driving down um, East 6th, I see this like people, I see this like group of people and there's probably about four of them. And I see a guy with a camera and a gimbal. And then these other guys are setting up lights and they were like, you know, pointing them toward this like building, like a restaurant Mm -hmm. or something. And I was just like driving and I was like, oh shit, like what are they filming? Like I was like so curious Mm -hmm. to see what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Oh. yeah do you, do you get i was gonna say do you get jealous if you see someone with better equipment than you oh it doesn't even they don't even have that better equipment i get jealous just the fact that i'm driving on my fucking shithole job and they're out <laughs> they're out there getting a like spend their day doing what they what they love that's what makes me jealous i got you i got you i was like oh cool right on good for you man you're doing the right thing while i go and uh fucking die a little bit inside for eight hours yeah that's true I, I got you i don't know that's cool though that you're getting that you like those um you like those behind the scenes stuff i i like that stuff too but i never even thought to even go on youtube and look that shit up i don't know youtube man that's where all the good shit's at yeah like our videos <laughs> hell yeah plug our shit go check out our shits our good stuff yeah, man, it just, it made me, um, just made, I was just reminiscing and looking back at all those videos and I was like, man, I need to make another, I need to make another video with Edward in it. Yeah, well, cause you sent me, you sent me that one and like right away I responded because I was thinking it was the, the bum one. And so I was like, Hey, what was that guy's name? And you're like, no, that's the other video. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, what video is, I was like, what the fuck video is this? And I pushed play and I was like, Oh damn, that one's old yeah and didn't you know what didn't we have to didn't you have to do the audio a certain way like i can't remember i don't know if the if the if your camera didn't pick up 
like when we were walking towards the camera and then we had to like re we had to like redo the audio and then he like just put it together i don't know it, it was something that was like for that. um that was for that short best friends yeah that, that's what I'm, the one i'm talking about yeah so we were so far away that the the audio the, the mic on the camera wasn't going to pick up our audio um, so what I did is I just had my phone in my hand, which is, you know, normal anyways, because people walk with their phones in their hands anyways. So I had my mm-hmm. phone in my hand and I had that on record and I was just like walking, like recording our conversation. <laughs> so you yeah, can yeah, hear, yeah. you know, far away. You know, honestly, dude, I, I, I don't even want to like take credit for that, that whole scene, because uh, I really got that from uh, Woody Allen's um, uh, Midnight in Paris movie. So if you watch mm. the beginning of that movie, honestly, I completely ripped it off because I was like, I was thinking like, where did I come up with this idea? And then I go, oh, I remember where I got it from. Yeah. Midnight in Paris starts off and you just see these shots of like, you know, the city, Paris, and you see all these like, just like really, it's like static shots. The camera's on a tripod. It's not moving. And then um, you hear like them talking and mm. you don't know where this, this, this dialogue's coming from, but it's close up, you know, it's like almost like right in your ear. And then the camera slowly like finds them and then it moves in and then you're like, oh, these are our characters. Uh, and they're still far away, but you can hear them as clear as day and then it just moves in closer. Or they're, they're coming closer or something like that. So I remember uh, when we filmed, I wanted to do that. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll just get these mm-hmm. like static shots of the location. And this is, you know, so I'll establish, you know, I'll, I'll establish to the audience, this is where we're at. And then from mm-hmm. far away, you know, we'll, we'll walk towards the camera. So we're like little tiny little pebbles. And then we just make our way up until we get bigger. So that was my whole thought process behind, um, behind trying that out. And I think I, honestly it was, dude, I, I make video, I make our stuff for us because i go back and i watch them and yeah i watch my work i, I love watching my videos and dude i still laugh to this day like i was watching it again in that part where you're all like what don't you i don't know what you said something about my mom and i'm like don't talk about my mom like that and i slapped the ball out of your hand <laughs> oh yeah and, and i think it hit a rock and like flung flung across the screen no like it bounced it kind of bounced off and then i grab it and i'm like here's your ball back and then i just kick it out of the shot and i'm like go i was like go get your ball bitch or something like that yeah that's right something i was silly. gonna i was gonna say because you were like because you you were like honestly uh i can't take credit for that i thought you were gonna give me the credit and then he fucking woody allen or what would you say woody uh well i meant credit for the uh you know the the way i shot I know. it but i give you credit for for picking that location because i think you're like oh this is across from my house we could shoot here it's nobody's around and then there's some pervert watching you yeah but you know what's funny though because like on the the video it's it's you show like some trees and then you show some rocks and then you show that that little like sewer hole and it all says glory hole on it hell yeah <laughs> uh, damn. there was like some homoerotic uh overtone in that short film <laughs> that's true that's very true uh who knows but, man those characters might have just been into each other and they were denying it well probably so uh, yeah dude I, uh i would i, I want to do something i would like to film something i feel bad you know all this covid shit so i know it sucks but I'm surprised that we never did that though. Or did when didn't we have a plan to do something like that? Like have a series of videos as like I was supposed to be a character and you're supposed to be a kind of character and we're the mm-hmm. same characters throughout these different videos. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I don't know. We're gonna play like versions like 
skewed versions of ourselves. Like a lot of people do it. Like Larry David does it in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like he's Larry David, but he's not really Larry David, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that's not how his normal life, that's not his real life, but he's just like, oh, I'm playing myself in, in this, in this like alternate universe where I, I, I'm the co-writer of Seinfeld, but you know, all these crazy stuff happens. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be like, yeah, we play ourselves and like, it's, it's like, it's not true to life, but it is like, so we can just be as stupid as we want and say all these things that we would like norm normally not say, but we can and just mm-hmm. make basically make little skits and stuff. So yeah. Co- well, then, yeah, cause uh, the, the pandemic. Yeah. I was gonna say, cause my character was supposed to be like, I guess like complain about everything pretty much. Right. Or something like that, which I loved. I would have loved to have done that. Yeah. You just played yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even have to, I don't even have to like uh, turn it, turn it up or anything. And just like, you'd actually have to tell me to tone it down. Come on, Edward, shut the fuck up. I'm just kidding. Well, dude, I think we're, uh, we're actually getting close to the hour marker. So let's go mm-hmm. ahead and uh, wrap it up. Uh, Edward, any final thoughts? Yeah. Uh, also, don't watch Bill and Ted if you're fans of the first two. <laughs> no, that- no, no, no. No, I was just going to say, honestly, I told you, like, I was upset with it. But it's just, honestly, it's just one of those movies that, like, I shouldn't complain about because it's like, what did I expect? I think I just felt, I don't know what the fuck I expected. Even when I first saw the first trailer, I was like, oh, shit. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> But um, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're fans of the first two, yeah, it, it, it's okay. But I don't know what the hell I expected from it. I guess it was just tugging at my nostalgia, nostalgia streams. And just seeing them old, it's like, fuck, man. You know, it's just like seeing your hero old as fuck, I guess. <laughs> What's that part? Why did, when uh, they, go, they go in time and they're like in prison and they're all swollen shit? <laughs> okay, so the whole movie is that the whole mo- oh, god damn it you're gonna make me go on another rant but it, it, the only reason i'm doing it is because i have to explain why they're in prison so the whole movie is that they are supposed to have created this song that united the world and they never did and so they've been spending the last 20 25 years or whatever trying to create this song and their their careers have just tanked right so they uh the the, the people from the future come and they tell them Hey, you're supposed to have this song done by the next uh, 70 minutes, however long the fucking movie is. You're like, they need, you need this song done by the next 75 minutes or something like that. And so anyways, um, they're like, they come up with the idea like, hey, let's just steal the song from ourselves in the future when we've already written it. And so <clears throat> anyways, they ended up going to jail or prison because uh, they had... Um, they went to Dave Grohl's house pretending to be uh, successful again uh, because when the when Bill and Ted go visit themselves in the future, they're like, oh, we must have made it because we live in this mansion. And uh, anyways, it turns out it was actually Dave Grohl's house. And so that's what they ended up going to prison for in the, in the future. Mm. But I don't know. I don't know why the fuck they got so buff besides the <laughs> fact that they're in prison. <laughs> I don't know. That's fucking funny. It just looked but funny yeah, oh, to you. Yeah, but I, that's what I was telling you. So, yeah, it's 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 Mozart. They go back in time. Their daughters, actually, go back in time for them. And they get Mozart and uh, who does I say? It's Mozart, Louis Armstrong, Jimi Hendrix, and Kid Cudi. And they're supposed to help 
Bill and Ted create like the song that brings everyone together. And that's when I told you, I was all kid Cuddy. I mean, I like Cuddy, but that's when I sent you his uh, bullet to the, was it bullet to the head or bullet to the mm -hmm. something anyways. I was like, I didn't even listen to this. And this guy's supposed to create the best song in the, in the world or whatever. But yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's funny. It's okay. I mean, like I said, I don't know why I expect more than what it gave me. It is what it is. It's just a movie. <laughs> so. Just take a deep breath and tell yourself that. <clears throat> uh, all right. Well, I think this is a good stopping point, guys. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Shout out to Justin last week for being our guest on the show. Uh, I think he did a really amazing job. It was really fun having him on. Uh, yeah. That, no, I was just going to say that that dude loves movies. I mean, yeah. like, because, you know, when someone says, like, oh, I like movies, too. You know, it's it's like, um, like oh, okay, you like to watch movies. But no, that dude had all kinds of knowledge and shit. I was like, damn. Yeah, he, he had good movies. Also, and then, like, Amy tweeted. Uh, I don't know if you saw Amy listen to it. And, and uh, um, mm -hmm. she was like, oh, it brought back memories. Because I was talking about the the concert where she was, like, stage diving and stuff. And, and uh, yeah. that's cool, too, that he brought that memory. You know, like, he was asking me about shows. And then, like, I started thinking about concerts and shows. And that's the fucking first thing that popped into my head. That's, like, one of my strongest mm -hmm. memories from that. So it was cool, man. It was cool getting to reminisce. And we just went through this, like, cool roller coaster of different topics. And um, so, like I said, really, really fun episode. I really enjoyed it. Pre appreciated him as a guest. And I would, mm -hmm. you know, it was cool having him. I think I consider him a friend of the, friend to the show now. Um, I really like talking to people who like movies uh like us and and uh I, you know i have some other friends because like you just it, it's it's kind of weird but you know somebody who's a movie nerd whenever you're talking to them and you talk in movie references like when you're like talking about something in your life and you're like yeah it's like uh it's like when dr evil pushed the button and oh, fucking yeah. da, 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 you know you're always like using movie references to describe situations uh i have yeah, another friend exactly. that i do that with so uh, mm -hmm. it's cool that's how you, you can tell your own kind by that <laughs> yeah exactly i know what you mean um, but anyways, yeah, so thank, thanks to him. Um, and thanks to our listeners, everyone who's listening and sticking with us. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, appreciate the feedback. If you want to leave us any comments uh, or share our videos or uh, tell your friends about us, I don't know, that would help. <laughs> but anyways, before I keep rambling on, I'm going to go ahead and end this. I just want to say thanks again. And we look forward to next week when we take you out back to the feature. Bye. Bye.